You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined by Matt Kendrick, Ashley Priest, and a podcast in person debutant, John Townley, easy for me to say, for our big Claret and Blue pre-season preview for the 2022-23 season. Yes. Got it, nailed it this slick, time. Slick, super nailed slick it. that one. Uh, we're in the afternoon once again. It's a lot, lot quieter than it was last time. Although someone's just started <laughs> making noise as I've said that. It's currently half ten in the morning on a Wednesday, so no beers inside. It's a black coffee for me and Matt. Um, yeah, breakfast at the social force this morning. Tea and toast, yeah. Tea and toast. Matt, we'll start with you down the end. You okay? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I've got nothing really to report. I don't know. I say to you on the way here, wasn't I? That this yeah, we've travelled together, so I know you're okay. When we do this, it's a barometer of kind of where I'm at with my weight. And I'm <laughs> like, last year, I was really, really fat. The end of last season, I was a bit slimmer, and I'm in the middle now. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good reminder to get me back on track after this. Yeah, when I watch these back, I always go, the next time we film in person, I'm going to have lost a bit of weight. I haven't. Three months later, I'm still the same, so I'm a little bit annoyed about that. Uh, I'll come nearest side this time. John, your first time, you're meeting some of us guys for the first time. Yeah. First in-person podcast. Yeah, meeting you and Matt for the first time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Excited? So that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange one, I think. Just in general, like the season is coming up really quick now. I think yeah. pre-season went really quickly, but then when we played City, that would feel like a bit of a while ago now. So yeah, you always get to the end of the season, think, "Oh, time for a break now," and then yeah. you sign someone two days later or whatever, and it's it's to yeah. the metal again. So, uh, and then in the middle, Ash back from Australia. Good night, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you ripper. <laughs> How's the jet lag? All right, yeah, I got in Monday lunchtime. So what day is it today? Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday morning. So um, yeah, I feel much better. Have a good keep, and yeah. Ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I saw you on your Instagram this morning that you were out running a 5k at 5am, so I assumed yeah. you were fine. Yeah, 5am uh, club, it's in Sutton Park, mm-hmm. so we get, get, get up about 20 to 5. There's about 50 down there today, nice. and um, good little community going, just, yeah, get up, have a little run in Sutton Park, sets me up for my day, so I, I try to do it a couple of times a week, kick the beer off and that, and quite, quite enjoy it, so yeah, that, that, was, that was me this morning. Sounds good, not for me though. It's <laughs> <laughs> so been round the world. Annoyed. He's yeah. got a young, a young child, and he gets up at five. You're my hero. <laughs> Machine. Let's talk about pre-season quickly and the Australian tour. Uh, we spoke about it loads of times. We had obviously a lot of catch-ups while you were over there. Um, so forgive me if we're repeating ourselves a little bit, but just summarise all that. That force. Now you've had a few days to reflect on it. Yeah, once in a lifetime experience. Blew me head over there. The amount of Villa fans over there and the support we've had for the channel. Um, I was only there 11 days, but it felt like I was there a lot longer. And mm-hmm. I met friends for life. I've, having people cooking me a full English. Come round to mine, Ash. Yeah, we'll sort that out. <laughs> That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't meet them 10 days ago. So, and all the all the, all the uh, Villa fans from over here flew over. About 20 in total. Your bridges, your pams, and I thought you had more than that. That's so quite low. But it, it, it was an expensive trip, and yeah. Like you say, I think I spoke to Colin, I think he was in Redditch. He said, oh, the kitchen are white. I'm, I'm coming to watch uh, Villa in Australia. So he's put, this, he's put his kitchen on hold as Colin. Um, <laughs> yeah, great atmosphere. It was buzzing over there. A few great nights as well in Perth, Brisbane. Brisbane was warm, Perth. Lashed down in Perth. Mm, yeah. The game was close not going ahead at one stage. And up to Townsville as well. I think Gerard said in his Q&A, he said, Townsville, I don't know if we'll return there again. He had loads of cockroaches in his room. Really? So, yeah, he weren't happy with Townsville. Wow. But um, <laughs> that was up on the coast. But great trip, once in a lifetime. And yeah, I'll, I'll remember that forever. What's, really the, um, what's the beer of choice over there? Then? It's not really good beer over there, to be fair. I do, do a lot of pale ales. I quite big on the pale yeah. ales. <clears throat> I was on the Great Northern. Um, the Pint of Blackfish, they call it. But yeah, it's about, what is it? about $7. Uh, yeah, quite expensive for what it is, but 
Yeah, the beer went too clever to be fair, but not, not I was drinking, Matt. From your two's point of view, Matt and John, you obviously, I worked on the stuff that you were sending back, I was processing stuff, uploading things for you, so I kind of looked at it before it went out kind of thing. You two kind of viewed it as fans would have on our social media stuff. How did you kind of see the stuff that Ash was sending back as, as fans? I thought Ash's stuff was quality. I thought that some of the video production on it was a bit uh, <laughs> a bit dodgy. Thanks. No, it was, it was exactly <laughs> what I'd want and hope it to be you know I don't want to make him blush too much but it was so natural you know I think I remarked didn't I on the um, when he finds himself humming along to uh, do Ocean Colour Scene as he's walking through doing a Facebook live I just think it's just brilliant and people saying hello and get, getting, getting amongst it and I think to me as much as we want to make sure that we're covering what's on the pitch uh, and how it's developing for Steven Gerrard and the squad it's a lot, but you know, it's a big deal. Aston Villa being in Australia, it's never yeah. never happened before. And I think if you're going to take send a roving reporter across there to really tap into that and to be, you know, without being too sentimental about it, like one of our own, really, really comfortable in those environments, he's your man for it. And just you know, whether we're speaking to your man who's put his kitchen on hold, or whether we're speaking to Villa royalty and Peter With or Mark Bosnich or whatever, just comes across. You can just see that he's, he's proud and privileged to be there, and I just thought it was, was brilliant. Let's talk about the, the pre-season itself on the pitch. Um, last year was disjointed, wasn't it? COVID, coaches left, O'Kelly, oh, yeah. John Terry, and we were talking yep. this time last year about, you know, will a disjointed pre-season affect the start of our season? And I think in the end, you could argue it probably, probably did. This season, a bit more settled, three wins first of all, and then draw with Man United, like come back, it's uh, the Wren game on Saturday as we film this this should be going out before Wren anyway Do you feel like a better pre-season this year means a better season is in store or is it not as simple as to say that? For me, yeah, it's been a very good trip um, I was there 20 days in total Villa the fir- Yeah, Villa yeah. from the first group and the second group joining yeah, valuable time. The, the, the base themselves on the Gold Coast, double sessions most days, and Gerard really worked them hard and you can see that in, in, in the performances, the, the way the battle back against Man U was really good, showed good character. You got players, squad players previously, who, who fans have written off. You Leon Bailey's who really yeah. stepped up now. The youngsters were a big, big plus from, from the tour. Cameron Archer scoring again, Ori Boonham, Gerard raving about him, and Kane Kessler Hayden could be a bit of a bit of a surprise package this year as well. Yeah. So the youngsters did really well. The players on the fringes really stepped up. Sanson did all right. And yeah, valuable training time. And I think Gerard will be pleased with what he got out of it a lot of travelling I get that but four games and the way the, and the, way, the way they rounded off the trip coming from beyond against Man U shows they got a bit about them yeah it was the I mean from, from that game in particular it's Leon Bailey Leon Bailey's epitomising Aston Villa of just giving you enough to, to start believing <laughs> <Yeah>. again <laughs> isn't it do you know yeah. what I mean it's, to me I thought he'd be gone this summer I thought you know probably get himself a decent move back back to the Bundesliga oh, really? um, but <laughs> Gerard clearly sees enough of him. Did he, he put something on social media, didn't he? I know, I know we, can, we can all be kind of seduced by little yeah. kind of motivational messages and stuff like that, but he put something on social media a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, this is an opportunity yeah. or whatever it was. Uh, and there were little glimmers of it. So I think, and we'll go into this in, in, in more detail, I'm sure, but I think that Villa squad is in decent, decent shape now. And we, you know, we'll discuss the couple of gaps that we still think, think not need to be filled, but for me the manager's got a lot of really really solid ingredients now and yeah. I think it's going to invite a lot of pressure on him which he'll, he'll thrive on but I think that squad looks in, in, in really really strong shape Was Bailey the standout for you John from pre-season? I think he has to be I think it's one that we knew he had to, he had to have a good pre-season um, obviously coming after last season 
I think it's probably match fitness that more than anything, yeah. and obviously injuries and stuff that you know prevented him from being at his top level. Um, I think Gerard came out and said at some point as well that he wasn't where we expected him to be, and he was probably quite frustrated at that. I think he had a, he said something in the press conference as well, I believe about Bailey saying he needs to be back to um, the level, you know, a bit of a warning really. Mm. Um, so no, really positive for him. Just on that United game, though, I was a bit disappointed. Obviously, you can't help the weather and the conditions necessarily, but it was it was tough in the first half because I thought the pitch was so bad we couldn't play as we'd like to yeah. um, obviously playing out from the back that sort of modern way of playing but even for United as well in the second half I think there's no sort of surprise that both goals come at the same end where it's just a mud bath in, you know, yeah. in front of your 12-yard box yeah. so I thought that was a bit frustrating because we almost got 45 minutes out of that when that and obviously Stadarin needs to be a full 90 minutes of you know proper work so I think Gerald would have been frustrated with that but yeah if anything it's just good character and good um you know, plenty of positive to take out of it from yeah. obviously coming against that and getting good results. I did. Um, I did enjoy the Bruno Fernandez highlight reel as well as we've seen that I've that's seen doing it. the rounds. Obviously, got a bit of history for the the penalty to Conda of us in the past. Um, just <laughs> somebody somebody had weaved together like ninety seconds of him, and I don't think he completed a, a single pass. I mean, I'm sure it's it's, it's a it's a Bruno hater who's done this. So I'm yeah. sure there were some some it's good moments as well. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> Neil Critchley is probably the, the downside of Australia in some respects with the, a passport issue, whatever that means. Yeah. I don't know. Whether he couldn't get one in time or whatever it was whether he's I assume he's had a passport in his life before I don't know whatever um, how much of an impact do you think that will have had obviously you were there seen a couple of training sessions having your first team coach on Zoom it's not a deal is it no I was wondering how they got rid of the time zones and stuff because you're getting up at two in the morning to speak to Gerard yeah. I'm not sure how it works but I didn't know to this <laughs> um, I asked Gerard about that he said it was a big blow you want him embedded in the group and, him getting, and the players getting used to the training methods and stuff like that because I watched a couple of training sessions and I think it was Tom Coulshaw who stepped up in his absence as well. So, yeah, he liked, missed out on valuable training time with the group and getting to know them as well beyond the scenes in the hotel. And But yeah, now's the time, I think. He'll hopefully get to France quickly. Um, and yeah, the work starts there. But yeah, a bit, bit of a blow, that one. Michael Beale as well, obviously, was so influential for Gerard yeah. and is a direct replacement. If you took Beale out, you know, during any point in the season, there'd be a big, big miss, I think, in pre-season. That is a real... Real, you know, frustrating one, and hopefully it's not going to have a massive impact. But yeah, I'm sure the players would have missed that sort of, you know, this is different sort mm, of thing. Yeah, know? getting our transfer business done early, and then we replace Beal with Critchley pretty quick as well. And you think, right, yep. switched on from Beal. This is all working smooth. Yep, smooth. And yeah. then he doesn't get to pre-season for a passport issue. That's it's annoying. Two weeks pre-season as well, and that's yeah. probably the most important stage of it as well. Yeah. Well, is it the assistant managing pre-seasons last last summer, like you said, Terry yeah. O'Kelly, this yeah. one Critchley. So. Results have been better this year, so I'm hoping that, that kind of keeps us going yep. for the start of the season. Um, let's talk about transfer business then. Obviously, I could just say we, we got it done quite early and that, that kind of had us all excited for the summer ahead and it seems to be that now everyone's going, <laughs> sign some players, what's going on? Why have you slowed down? Whereas you kind of think if we'd have been quiet at the start and signed the three players in the, the last end, week yeah. or two, everyone would be buzzing with that. So, uh, Matt, come to you first. How do you assess the business they've done so didn't far? Didn't we do all that? Didn't we do that on the end of season? Because <laughs> they'd sign them all Within a couple of days, you know, regular viewers and listeners will know that we always talk about progress being the way you judge progress is that you're upgrading your, your first team yeah. um, you know you, you, you're replacing your, your your lesser first team players so that they then become your squad players and I think I think Villa have done that um, in a couple of areas again um, obviously we've really got high hopes from Kamara and what we've seen so far is you know don't judge, judge somebody on the, the basis of you know a couple of games in, in pre-season but that looks like an upgrade on a position that's been a problem for us for for a long time. 
Um, likewise, Diego Carlos um, is a beast, isn't he? Um, but he's a footballing beast <laughs> as well, and I think think he's going to be an upgrade. I think that that unit there, that central defensive unit, the options that we've got, I'm very very pleased pleased about that as well. Ludwig, um, another one. It's an interesting role to fill that is, isn't yeah. it because you'll need to be somebody who's good enough to be competitive but probably also uh, in a stage of his career where not happy to play second fiddle but you know realises that that is coming in, coming in on those terms um, who have I missed I'm just Olsen and Coutinho Olsen Coutinho yeah yeah, yeah. so which <laughs> again I'm greedy I want new I want new fresh <laughs> shiny things um I think it, I think it's decent. I think there's there's a couple of things. I think Villa probably do need. Um, I still think that they, they need another midfielder, but probably been been making that plea for for years now. Uh, and I think the fan base, just because they're a greedy bunch, are just craving some more excitement of signings. Mm. Um, the centre forward one as well, but again, how greedy do we want to be when we've got Danny Ings, Ollie Watkins? We've got Buendia, we've got Bailey, we've got Coutinho. That's not a bad, that's not a bad forward line, and that's why I repeat what I said earlier. It's up to Stephen Gerrard and his coaches to try and get a tune out of these these players. Yeah, that squad that we finished with last year should have been better than 14th, and we've tr- we've strengthened it, so it should already be good enough to get up to 10th and, and above. If we do add any any more, then the expectations go up again. Now, John, how do you rate the, the business so far? Yeah, I think it's really solid. Yeah, we've improved the spine a lot. Um, I personally don't think we need a striker. I think there needs to become a point where we stop. You know, if you, if you look at all the signings, so Ollie Watkins, good signing, Matty Cash, good signing, Luca Dane, brilliant signing, Kamara, you could go for the whole team and say it's a brilliant signing, especially at the time we've done them as well. Yeah. Um, like Leon Bailey as well, comes with mass, you know, great pedigree, um, Coutinho too. At what point do we give in and say, all right, let's try and make this £30 million of Danny Ings signing yeah. work? Um, we can't keep holding players and opening in in those, especially in those roles, because you've got a young kid, you know, Cameron Archer coming through, who's supposed to be the next thing for us, and you can't block those pathways of the kids coming through as well. Um, so in general, I think yeah, really good, really good business, uh, and I think it will show as well that holding midfielder role, especially, is massively important to the way Jared wants to play. Um, Jared Carlos as well, obviously, you know, severe fans of almost making out as if one, it's one of their best players ever. Potentially, the midfielder probably needs to come in. I agree with Matt. I think. If, if we're sort of not necessarily weak, but can we improve anywhere? Probably in midfield, whether that's a, a competitor for Ramsey or McGinn. Maybe you could do, you know, kind of kill two birds with one stone, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, so far, I'd, I'd give our window a eight out of ten. I agree with what John's just saying there, but I'm trying to think from obviously a lot of fans have different opinions saying we do need yeah. a striker, we do need extra, extra bodies. And you're saying there about, you know, how long do you, do you give a player to, to say, you know, we need to get the best out of this 30 million player? So when we signed to them off after twelve months as well. When you signed Danny Ings as well, that's a player. Only Vardy and Kane scored more goals in the two years previous to when he joined, and just got twenty goals in a season for Southampton. Like, what do you want? Like, I know necessarily might not fit to Gerald completely because it's not a Gerald signing. So I can understand that argument, but I think each summer's got to be, you know, maybe next year we look at a striker if Danny Ings isn't, um, you know, doing the business or Ali Watkins doesn't get double figures or or Mm -hmm. whatnot, and you can buy someone that fits Gerald, you know, very well. but yeah, I, th- I don't want to write off players after you've just signed them for 20, 30 million. Um, you know, obviously got wealthy owners, but you can't be spending 100 plus million every summer. Yeah. Um, there needs to be, you know, a bit of realisation there, in my opinion. I suppose some fans, Ash, would argue that, you know, if someone isn't sticking the ball in the back of the net, you don't want to write off the upcoming season by saying, you know, is it Europe or bus kind of thing? If Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins only score 
18 goals again between them or, or whatever they finish with that won't be good enough will it no no yeah talk about the fans Watkins got a bit of stick over pre-season hasn't scored yet in pre-season in Australia so he scored against Warsaw yeah. he just missed the odd few chances and that, that is frustrating but on with John I don't think we need a new striker I think Watkins strikers don't miss chances strikers don't score every single chance exactly and if you took him he'd get 20 a season all of a sudden that's a 60 million pound player yeah, Watkins will have the bit between his teeth. We've got World Cup coming up. He's desperate to get in that England team again. Yeah. He finished on 11 last season, 14 the previous. He'll want to go another level now. And yeah, it's good competition between the pair. I've, I was at training. I did, I did two training sessions in Australia. And Dan Ings is finishing. He's incredible. Yeah. I swear, his finishing was a joke. Um, so he's looking razor sharp. I know he hasn't he hasn't, he hasn't had much service, to be fair, playing in that system. And it's still pre-season. It's well. still pre-season. You get dust off the cobwebs, don't you? And... As the, as, the, as the days tick down now, I think I think we're in good we're in good um, good nick up front. Cameron Archer can't stop scoring, so I think up front we're fine. Fans want more, 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 don't they? The appetite for transfers and but like I say, there's another month after the season starts. Mm. If they want to address that, there could be an injury, but we'll see. But I'm happy with the striker department. I think the Watkins and Ings, 60 million pound pair there, both got proven goal scorers in the league, and obviously Villa want to kick on. I think they need to show a little bit more as well. And, that they'll be determined to do so let's start answer some of these questions then the first one I mean all these three are about midfield so we might we might be best just doing them all in one go but it's a lot for me to read so we're doing one at a time <coughs> from Mobley uh, could you discuss the midfield issue that we have specifically how static McGinn and Louise are in transition which is causing the link up to our front three to be slow and obvious for me I think certainly on Louise I think there's going to have to be a decision to be made obviously got 12 months we don't know if he's going to be signing a new deal um, I'm not sure I think McGinn cops a lot of slack because I'm not too sure actually I think last year's numbers in terms of attacking output might not be great in terms of assists and goals but I think his, his progression his progressive passes and his um, you know, and his different you know the more technical stats um, he was really good uh, you know one of the best in the Premier League at, you know certain things so I think he gets a lot of slack that probably doesn't deserve um, but I would say the balance of the midfield I'm not totally sold on it yet um, yeah, I think I think Kamara helps a lot um, McGinn I don't think there's a problem there. You can add competition for McGinn, but if you get in competition for McGinn, it has to be a better player uh, or as good. That's £40 million. Um, so there has to be the right right uh, midfielder to buy there. And then again, like Jacob Ramsey, I think you have to throw him in the argument because you can't play a midfield too necessarily and you know, only blame them for the stuff that the fans said. Um, so maybe there's someone that can compete with Ramsey and provide that sort of defensive security as well. I'm not sure. I never quite get the sense that Villa are actually in control yeah. of a game and keep the ball well enough this is probably collectively rather than individuals but I'm hoping that Kamara can can set the tone for that by being the one who starts things off by getting the ball you know off his centre halves and and just <laughs> this might be because I was at Dudley Zoo at the weekend but you know you know the kind of analogy of kind of Bowen squeezing the life out of its prey I think I'd like to see Villa be able to really kind of build up that head of steam and yeah. really really control games um, I don't like I say I don't know whether that is a recruitment issue or that's just a being better in possession um, issue um, I think Villa were I don't know we haven't we haven't got Pat, Statman Pat with us but I can't imagine there were times when Villa really 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 dominated the ball especially against you know especially against the higher teams I suppose you're not necessarily going to dom- dominate the the ball against the, the higher teams but you at least need to, to keep it and build up a head of steam uh, I think Villa's when Villa score and stretch teams and get behind teams it probably comes from just 
a quick shock random moment of brilliance rather than the disconcerting pressure and I'm not saying take that away you still need those quick random moments of brilliance but mm. I just think I, I want to see Villa particularly at Villa Park to start really exerting more control on games teams that are uh, playing for Europe your West Ham's and Leicester's the, their midfields you, you like an Indeed Tielemans Madison West Ham Suchek Rice those players are either you know, big guys big physical guys or they're worth 60 million pounds yeah. you know so and Villa got that I think Kamara benefit massively and I think McGinn you know, is there as well but the depth in terms of proper quality that's probably why I'd question. Yeah, I've got Sanson and Louise and stuff, but are they at level to really push us on? I'm not convinced. The uh, kind of best formation comes up later, but we'll probably play three midfield. So there's Louise, um, Kamara, McGee and Ramsey as four midfield options into three, I think. I don't know how many minutes Sanson will get. Chuttermaker obviously probably won't even be here. Nakambo is an option, but you know, probably not uh, not a starter. So you do kind of need someone else in there, I think, even just as an option to, to compete with those guys. The comment from Ryan here who mentions Tiedemans or Ruben Neves as options to go after, but again, how much is that going to cost? That's a dream, that is, yeah. Um, but that kind of player to play with Ramsey and Kamara, so McGinn kind of be in rotation with somebody. Is that something you think we could go for? A more creative midfielder? Who's yeah, kind of someone who keeps the ball better, ball retention. Jacob Ramsey's great at powering through, running at the opposition. Um, McGinn the same, pulling a China shop, he'll, he'll fight for you. But we need someone a bit classier. Kamara brings that range of passing, keeps the ball. Be a bit patient, as Matt says. Try and, try and wait for the opportunity, as opposed to gung ho. Needs an attack, attack, attack. Um, bring a bit of patience to it. Keep the ball better. I think I think Gerald's looking for that that kind of player. Douglas did that well against Man United. I thought in the second half because we struggled to get hold of the ball, and Douglas does that quite well. But I think I think we John we need another one in there, and someone who can dictate the play and slow things down when they need to be slowed down, and then wait for the right opportunity to attack. But I think Ramsey's a runner. McGinn likewise. It, and I think we need just something a bit different in there and I think it's imbalanced at the moment and yeah. as Gerard said he's looking to strengthen and I think I think we'll get get one more in I mean there'd also be less pressure on Archer and, uh, Archer yeah Archer as well I suppose uh, Ings and Watkins I was going to say to score goals if we've got a midfielder who can get 10 as well Yeah. 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 Somebody, I think somebody in the comments said about um, or somebody on social media said about like Man City, Chelsea their top goal scorers like Mount, De Bruyne like these midfielders obviously that's a, a level above us and their side a level above us as well but McGinn not contributing enough. Ramsey got six, I think, which is which is decent enough. But you want uh, someone like Ward Prowse who who can score decent numbers from set pieces, and that takes pressure away from your forwards as well, doesn't it? Getting goals from midfield is obviously massively important. Ramsey, I do think, will eventually become a player who can get double figures. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but with Ash, a player that can control like Douglas Luiz can do it. But it's the there's so much to a midfielder these days. It says people don't even play with strikers sometimes. Yeah. Um, the top teams anyway. You'd, some midfielders are <laughs> us playing two up front. <laughs> <laughs> got like four options um, but no yeah I think that midfielder that can really control the game and dictate it and really you know, take it by the scruff of the neck that's something that we've been missing for a few years now mm. Ramsey's just burst through from nowhere local lad made good uh, I like him I like the fact that he can sort of set the tempo that he can carry the ball forward and you know he's brave in possession and he'll, he'll, he'll advance Villa up the field um, and McGinn like Ash says he's like this kind of whirling dervish who, who we're obviously fond of because he's been one of the one of the originals who's kept us who, who stayed with us on that journey so you don't you don't want them to necessarily be the full guy either of them but this is this is how you improve and I just wonder this is really weird because they're not the same player but are they too you know, do you know what I mean are they too similar do you play do you play one or the other in there really 
Um, I think if it's three, it's Kamara, Ramsey, yeah. or McGinn, and then there's one spot left for yeah. new signing. And a new fair. signing has to be, be a starter. There's no point bringing someone in for 10, 50 million in the Sanson role who's going to contribute here and there. It's got to be big Tielemans, Neves. I'd be interested to see. Gallagher, whoever. Could you do a, you know, say Ramsey, I love Ramsey, and I think Gerard does want to build a team around him, but could you do a McGinn slightly more advanced, like it does for Scotland, and he yeah. almost scores every game, and then yeah. can you have an, someone who's more controlling in that in his role? Um, to me, that you've got a bit of everything there. Five um, subs as well, so there'll be options for rotation. Exactly. It's got to be options. And if we, there, if we're going to snatch points off those top teams, I'd like to see a McGinn and a Kamara and a, say, I don't think we're starting an award browse, but if you, guys, I really like that midfield. And then you've got creativity with Coutinho and a striker, Buendia. Really good blend there, in my opinion. It's close, isn't it? We've got not far off are we yeah. we weren't far off with this like I said last at the end of the season preview it was only some uh, a 10 point swing or whatever and throwing away silly goals and silly results to teams yeah. that we should have been beating it's not inconceivable that we make those points up this year but you know the sides around us have improved as well and if, if it's you, as simple as that you, you just go straight up there if you go I and mean, you might this might be a question that I'm preempting further further down the line but if you go through what we think will be Villa's starting 11 or close to the starting 11 would you say that Everybody in those positions would be in the top five or six players in their position in the league, basically. I don't know if anyone would be. So would would Martinez not be one of the best six Uh, goalies in the league? (laughs) Would Coutinho not be one of the best tens? Luca Dean would be a left back. In the league. Do you know what I mean? And I think think you could probably make an argument for half, half of that team being in the top top five or six. Now, to have those individuals and then for them to kick on and blend as a team to get you get you to that top six, seven, eight, nine is a is a different matter. But I think the quality's there now. I think the, the I think we've got a real real kind of stronger quality. You know, it's probably stating the obvious, but this this is the strongest squad we've had since Martin O'Neill's last season. Now that now that we've got that squad, the minimum requirement for me has got to got to be top eight. And I'm normally kind of quite um, reserved mm-hmm. about these things, but I think. We've got a manager, we've got owners, and we've got a squad now that are shouting our ambition is to break into Europe. So I'll be very disappointed if we if we we, we if this isn't our best our best season finish since we've returned to the Premier League. Let's talk about outgoings then. Stephen Giles mentioned a few times and made a point of saying that the current squad is bloated to you, Ash, over in Australia. How many do we expect to go out, and, and who? Yeah, you look at the let's start with the lads who didn't make the tour. Um, Carly Chuck Moraka for obvious reasons. It's rumbling on, isn't it? Are you tired of that yet? Or oh, I've shrugged my shoulders many times too on Facebook Live. I just don't care at this point. No, I don't know whether that makes me a bad fan to to be worried about losing a talent. But I just don't care anymore. No, let look, him go. Love to be a fly on the wall this week. Gerard's return and Carney's there in the gym. <laughs> Did you say to him? Um, so yeah, that that'll, that'll rumble on. Ice giving him contracts and stuff like that. So if he doesn't want to stay, then no. off he goes. You expect he'll go. Do you reckon he'll go, John? I think so. You should say the contract's been on the table for a while. Yeah. I, I don't think leaving him out of Australia does anyone any favours. If anything, it probably just accelerates Carney's move, which yeah. is probably what he wants. So. Yeah. Listen, he might go on and tear it up. You know, he might go to to Germany or Europe and and do what Jude Bellingham's done and then, then be really coveted by, by Premier League clubs again if that happens let's see where Villa are oh, yeah. <laughs> we can all moan about it then if Villa, Villa haven't if Villa have failed to kick on but I think Steven Gerrard's got enough of a challenge with a set of players young players and senior players and new signings who are invested in Aston Villa and what what Aston Villa can, can become so I think he's right that if this lad if his head's not right and he's not invested in what Villa what Villa want to be then let him go. Yeah, the talks of him wanting this similar money to Jacob Ramsey and these big deals. It's 
he's not. I mean, Jack Ramsey's had a breakthrough season. He's contributed. He started many games. Connie Trickmaker's had fleeting moments and done bits where he thought, oh, there's a player there, but not enough to make me go, yeah, here's 50 grand, 60 done, grand, done 80 grand. Ramsey's done his stay in his lane a little bit. And yeah, surprised, surprised how it's come out, whether he's been ill advised. A bad agent, I would suggest. Gerard's your manager. What would you want? And oh, yeah. good, good young squad around him. Archer's getting games. Tim's getting games. Jacob's flourishing. Just yeah, don't understand. Well, that if he one. wants minutes and he's not getting it at 14th place, Aston Villa, he's not going to go to. Yeah, well, get, he's not go, yeah but if he wants to start yeah. games, he's not going to go and start games at Barcelona, is he? Or Bayern Munich or Dortmund or wherever he ends up. No. He no, might yeah. be a great player, but I've got to be harsh and ruthless as a Villa fan and think if he's not invested in the Villa project, which he has got no right to be, he's not a Villa fan like no. I am. But if he's not invested, I don't care about him. No. <laughs> basically, and everyone develops differently as well. He's, he's the best player at the under 19 Euros. So it's a different level, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. but. He's looking at Jamal Musiala, he's looking at Bellingham, he's looking at other players and thinking, well, if I'm the best 19-year-old at this tournament or if I'm yeah. everything that I'm supposed to be, um, then I can be playing for a Champions League club or I can be doing this and that. I think it's, personally, it's obviously Carney's choice. I think it's a year or maybe two too early. Um, by 22, he could be one of the best 22-year-olds in the world, but he might not get the opportunity if he's sitting on a bench at Barcelona, AC Milan or wherever he needs to be. Um, I'd say bide your time because your career's only... 10-15 years if you spend three of those not developing as you should then that can be you know detrimental to the next however yeah. long you got so. and don't get me wrong if he signs a contract in the next six months I'll change my tune <laughs> and he'll be he'll be invested in Villa again won't he because he'll signed up and I'll, I'll yeah. think yeah I want to support him but if he wants to fleet off to AC Milan sit on the bench then you're not fickle Dan we just don't like him <laughs> <laughs> other players on the outgoings Al Ghazi Traore Gilbert the obvious, the obvious ones, I think. Uh, yeah, Gilbert didn't take his chance over there, and obviously Kane gets laid and took his, yeah. and then some. So mm. they, they were just in position. I think Bertrand Traoré and Leon Bailey were just in position. Yeah, and obviously who's come out on top there, Leon Bailey. So yeah, I think the obvious choices. Yeah, that they'll, they'll head out. Well, that's Sanson because he was one that would probably be on the list of the ones I've just read. As oh, he won't get any minutes, but he's done all right over preseason, hasn't he? Would you mean of him over preseason, John? Yeah, is he I'm, the, is he I'm, the I'm, midfielder we're missing? It's almost boring. Um, what I would say is, think it's, it's probably right. <laughs> 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 it's probably up to him where his future lies because I think Jared's more than you can stand to him if you like. He's clearly a good player. I think yeah. as soon as he come in, he asked Jared about him and he said he had a one-to-one chat with him. He watched him Rangers played. I think it was Massa, yeah. um, and he was one of the best players on the pitch. He was only friendly, so he, he clearly knows what he's about. But again, the injuries and we all know what Sanson's problems are. Um, getting in the team I can't really see him doing that but then there might be three or four games where you need him and he, I think you could probably rely on him to be honest so I think, I think he's handy to have around the squad but if he wants to leave I don't think you can say no and hoard him um, but no he's pre-season I think he was really solid um, especially in that Man United game he's put on a bit of um, I remember this one he's taking the ball and he's gone down the byline or something he's quite quick I didn't really know that he had that uh, mm. sort of energy in him but um, yeah he's, he's a quality player playing the Champions League we know what he is but can we rely on him over the course of the season? No, but if you need him for a couple of games, I'm more than happy. You know. I think you can rely on him from an ability point of view to step in and do a job, but yep. fitness is, is exactly. the thing, isn't it? Same with Bailey to a certain yep. extent as well. Um, coming from Matty Demon, he says, if Troy and Al Ghazi leave, do we need to sign another wide player? I wouldn't sell Troy Not Again, if he wants to go, you can go. But if we're playing with wingers, then I know you've got Buendia, but I'm not sure if Jared fancies Buendia with Coutinho either side of a striker. If Leon Bailey gets injured, which is a possibility, all of a sudden <laughs> you're, left with, yeah, <laughs> you're left with um, 
you know, very few options. And don't get me wrong, Troy could also be injured at the same time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe, maybe a winger might be on the cards next summer or something if we if we know that that's the system that you want. Because say left, you got Coutinho, who's not really an out and out winger. Neither is Buendia. Yeah. And on the right, you got Bailey. Um, if Bailey is our best player next season, we're playing with wingers the year after. All of a sudden, you're thinking we need options to you know plug those gaps as well. So. Yeah, I can see Troy staying this year as long as he'd like to. So he offers something different, doesn't he? Tricky, quite tall. Yeah, and but you never know what he's, never know what he's going to do. He's a maverick. He's brilliant yeah. to the, the yeah. bad, really. So he said it in the comments. He was either awful, out, outstanding. I thought, I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't know if I've ever seen him be outstanding. <laughs> I've definitely seen him be. Awful. You know, he'll have the best compilation. I think the um, Fenerbahce fans were yeah, all over the right. compilations because. Yeah. The West Brom goal, the Man, that Man United goal last season. He's uh, got talent, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting for me because I think there's so much onus on the attacking width to come from your fullbacks mm. and your yeah. wingbacks. I'd almost be inclined to say that any any wide players that that Villa look to recruit now should be able to do both sides of the game. Um, and I just think I don't know. We we've, we've spoken about Trezeguet, El Ghazi, Troy, or Bean. You know, delivering occasionally. I don't know how you. I don't know how you'd get them on the pitch. Yeah. Regularly, and it's, it's interesting what you say because Buendia and and Coutinho aren't are naturally going to drift inside rather than rather than hug hug touch lines. But I think that's where you're going to. You almost want Luca Dean to have the same kind of energy as Matty Cash and be really kind of owning all of that all of that touch line, but. I don't want to be harsh on any of them. I wouldn't be upset if Al Ghazi moves on now. I wouldn't be upset if um, if Traore moves on now. See, I agree. I think that's what the system you just said is fine with Buendia and Coutinho as, as wingers that cut in, full-backs bomb on for overlap. Then Ramsey and McGinn or whoever play midfield have to cover the full-backs and they don't do that very well yeah. and then the no. midfield's exposed and on the counter and we're 1-0 we're, we're down. So yeah. Yeah. On paper it kind of works nicely but without the midfield being solid first it just it doesn't really work. Who needs to have a good season? Personally, for Villa to have a good season, which player would you kind of look at as the one to watch? So Gerard then. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gerard in midfield, the missing man. Yeah. <laughs> I think one key man, John. Well, it's probably a bit obvious, but I think Kamara is that important to the way Gerard plays. I think if Kamara plays well, Luca Dean plays well. In, in terms of he's allowed to do his thing, Matt Cash is allowed to do his thing. The defenders are more comfortable. He's almost like the linchpin to it all, and it's a yeah. lot of pressure because he's only a 22-year-old. But we know he's got the quality. Um, might take him a little time to sort of adjust. Thing against United, it was a bit kind of sluggish a bit almost um, I don't know maybe that was the pitch as well but um, yeah. I think if he plays well we have a good season you nodded along there Ash do you agree or yeah Kamara's huge next season uh, for what, he, what he'll bring he'll, he'll bring more style and a bit more control what Villa are doing which helps obviously in the final third but the name that jumped out for me when you asked who you're expecting more of a big season from Watkins probably Watkins wanting yeah. to surpass what he did the first year 14 goals wanting to really score score frequently and Become the player we know we, we can be and, and, and do that. So Watkins massive for him and another one, John McGinn. I want to I see him getting close to double figures. I think he's got three in each of his three years at Villa, which is three for him scoring as he mm. does for Scotland. I know it's yeah. different level, but it, it, get more goals in McGinn and what Watkins scoring. I think that that will push Villa up the table. So yeah, Watkins and McGinn. They've been here a while now, but I think that can I kick on now and really take us where we need to go. Coutinho for me, I think because what we've seen of him so far. You either get a nine, a nine or a ten out of ten for him, or you get a five or a six. I think yeah. if he's getting a seven or eight every single week, yeah. Villa are going to be creating chances. And we've said that, okay, Danny Ings and Watkins might need two or three um, to, to score, <laughs> to score one. Um, 
but I think I think he is the key to making Villa Park erupt most weeks. I think it's amazing that I think Jacob Ramsey is the the only person who is continually on the same wavelength as him. You know, from from what we've seen in the first couple of months. So, I hope that the a good pre-season with that squad means that. Mm. He's got. He's more in tune with what in, the runs that Ings making and the runs that Watkins is making and, and that kind of thing. And I think he can. I think he can be the difference. I still, you know, I still can't quite believe that we've signed a player of that of that quality in what should be what should be his prime. So I think you keep him fit and you get him playing consistently well, and you get people on the same page as him. I think it could be the key key to, to Villa really kind of doing the business at that end of the pitch. Mm. I think Martinez would be my pick. Not didn't have a shaky season last year, but again, similar to Watkins, not as good as his first season in terms of clean sheets. Yeah. I think if he breaks Friedel's clean sheet record and Watkins gets close to breaking the twenty goal record yeah. as well, two ends of the pitch are obviously both key. And you know, we're just saying there about Watkins needing five or six. You know, he'll need to score less goals if Martinez keeps a clean sheet every game. I know it's not as simple as that, but you know, yeah. good foundations first of all. How much pressure is on Steven Gerrard? And we asked this last year when it was how much pressure is on Dean Smith and I probably stupidly said, I don't think there's any pressure. So I thought, you know, <laughs> we've made these signings, he's lost Grealish, you know, even if we finish 12th, that'll still be a decent season. Yeah. Three months later, we sacked, so a lot of pressure <laughs> on him. Uh, how much pressure on Gerard for you? I think you saying that and the fact that we did sack Smith after five games because there was a project going on there and all of a sudden it was like, oh, actually, no, we want Gerard now and now there's a project. That itself kind of convinces me that this is the long term, as long term really? as Gerard wants it, I, I think so. And I don't think that we'll be... As Matt said earlier, we've got so much quality in the team now, or enough of enough quality to not be with, dare I say, Everton, Saints, Leeds. We're almost that bit above now, and I don't think we'll be a million miles away from um, around that seventh position. I said last season, eleven points out of seventh. That's crazy considering we lost yeah. to Watford twice. That's six points. Newcastle away, Southampton away, Brentford away, Burnley at home. Um, so like twenty-three points there that we dropped. You get half of those were in Europe. It's mental and we've only had Jared for half a season um, so I, I wouldn't say pressure there's always pressure of course there is but I don't think we'll be in a position where it's like oh well, that's just not good enough I think we'll always be in touching distance to those teams um, so yeah of course there's pressure but I don't think we'll be in a position where a decision might be made let's mm. you know, put it that way yeah I think I think huge pressure for me obviously the signings he's brought in the Coutinho's Diego Carlos Camaras beating off Champions League clubs to get them a lot of expectation. Um, I was over in Australia. I think they had a Q and A. Christian Perslow and Gerard and Christian Perslow was picking up. We want to gatecrash Europe. Europeans, the, the dream here. And the following day, Gerard was asked about his comments. Bit of pressure. He goes, "Yeah, I think we need to one step at a time. Obviously, we need to operate in the top half of the table." So he tried to curb that 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 initial. The, well, what Perslow said there. But I think I think Gerard relishes it. I think he, he wants the pressure. He wants to feel it. And gets him gets him going. Especially finishing 14th last season, you want to be really now's the time, isn't it? So I think there's a lot of pressure just starting to build up now and from fan base. From fan base, I think so. Um, I think everyone's expecting us to really hit the top eight and really go to European qualifications, push them hard. But yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure there. There always is. There always is. I think I think the pressure will be self-inflicted from Gerard anyway, because mm. you know I'm paraphrasing badly, but end of last season, didn't he come out and say finish 14th? Almost say to the Say to his dressing room, you know, you should be you're really lucky to have that that support yeah, from yeah, yeah. from that crowd because we should be finishing above 14th. So he knows he knows that for his career to, to kick on where it needs to be, 
Villa need to be in, in Europe as soon as possible. I think there'll actually be more pressure from Gerard on himself, from the fans, on the club, from the wider media. Probably, lo- you know, lots of people who want Gerard, you know, slip, slippy, slippy Stevie G to <laughs> to fail again. I think there'll be more pressure there than the world within the boardroom because, mm. yes. They want to make sure that they get returns on their investment and that, that Villa take that next step and get into the top echelons. But I think, like Ash and John have said, it is a project, so they're, they're not going to want to rip that up. Yeah. You know, even if he has a sticky start like Dean Smith, which I don't think I don't think he will do with the squad that he's got, they're not going to want to rip that up straight away. So I think there is there is lots of pressure, but I think I think you've got a man at the helm who made a career out of it. As when he's made a career of people wanting wanting him to fail, people and expecting him to deliver, and he's pretty much done that for most of his career. There's a comment from David Bland, which we've kind of just answered, but he says, given Gerrard's indifferent season and now having had a full pre-season, bringing his own players, how long do you think he'll get to hit the ground running, especially if results aren't forthcoming? Do you think he'll get the season regardless? Yeah, I think so because you just again it's just constant change, constant flux. Mm. Managers need time to build things. Gerrard's impressed me enough to give him a whole season. Um, since he came in, I think we were, I'm not sure the average position was you know pretty good. It was nice, I think. Yeah, yeah they, you know, so there's expectation, but we, we got to back the manager, and I think that's what they'll do. I don't know, do we? He's had, he's had his first summer now, so he came in November. It's always difficult. Yeah. Not your group of players. Yeah. And I thought I thought he'd started really well, didn't he? Obviously inconsistent then, but now's the time. He's had a full pre-season. No excuses now. He's got players in the board have backed him as well, and. I think he's, he's set up nicely, being in Australia and coming back now. Ten days, be- ten days before the start of the season, I think he's in a nice place. And yeah, I think the foundations are there to really, really have a successful season. What was pre-season like in terms of like team building and stuff? I know there's pictures with, with koala bears and stuff like that, but yeah. it's the first time they've been together in that environment with the manager and the staff as well. What was that like when you yeah, were watching great. training and stuff? Yeah, yeah, really buzzing. There's a real buzz around the camp. And speaking to a couple of the media guys there, said, Honestly, the, the lads are really happy together. It's such a good group, you know. Everyone's, everyone's speaking to everyone, and there's a real nice dynamic there. So they're all getting on. I think Gerald's been building that culture, and I think they're all willing to battle for each other next season. And mm. the team's a really good group. They've got loads of South Americans as well now. Yeah, they're they're, they're really pally. You've got the young lads coming through. There's a nice mix. You got the, the leadership groups, your Mings, McGins. Really nice blend there, I think. And you need you need a good group to stick together for the season. Long old slug. And when when when, when the moments are bad, and like the other day it was teaming down and 2 0 down against Manu. They rallied together, and yeah. you, can, you can see that in the pictures and the, the, the interviews they're having. I think it's, there's really good chemistry there. Ryan Collins says, Who's the dark horse contender for the season amongst the Villa squad in terms of a player that maybe will impress that we don't expect at the moment? I am really intrigued by Kessler Hayden. I think after pre season or what we saw in pre season, I think it's really good. Like going forward, especially. Mm. It's He's, he's electric. He's so quick. He's so agile. I was saying, like, dad, like, over that as a fullback or a winger, when you have that little kind of five yards on a defender, you can't defend that. It, it, you knock it past, and you, quality uh, delivery is what Kesslerzen was doing. Obviously, that assist for uh, Archer, obviously, come off uh, Watkins, but I, yeah, I really like him. I think defensively, we don't know yet. And that's all part of his development. And he's obviously a young kid. He's only played for MK Dons, but they played a really good brand of football as well. But I'm just really interested by him. I think Matty Cash. He needs that competition, um, proper competition. He, he, he hasn't had that for two years now, uh, so it'll, it'll push him on. But I'm, in, I'm interested to see if he stays around, though. If, you know, can he play in the Cups? Um, but I think by the end of you know, the season, perhaps, we'll be seeing more of him. Um, yeah, that's probably my, my dark horse to, 
you know, kind of make a name for himself. Yeah, that's got James Rushton vibes from last year when he tipped Philogene Bedais to do well and then went yeah. out on loan and got <laughs> injured. I think Callum Chambers could still be mm. quite involved, but I don't think he's necessarily going to start the season. And I'm not wishing injuries or, or suspensions on um, on Mings or, or, or Carlos, but he's really, really impressed me um, with the bits that I've seen so far. And I think that as soon as he's called upon to step in, I think it could be hard to shift him. Don't write him off yet, because I think he can he can still come in and, and be a semi-regular for Villa. I think he complements Carlos really well as well. I think Carlos is probably going to play most games, if yeah. not all of them. I think Concert complements as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I don't think he's put for wrong, Chambers. Yeah. Like, you can't displace him if he's playing that well. Mm. Ash? But I'll say Cameron Archer. I think, I think he's in form of his life. I can't stop scoring, like I've said, and there's a chance there for him. If he's going to... If he keeps on scoring, you know the other the other two, the other two up front, the more ex- experienced pair, Watkins and Ings, if they're having, still having their shortcomings, I think there's every chance he can take a shirt. And as long as you put the ball in the back of the net, that's all everyone's bothered about. And Cam's been doing that for consistently now for a while, both for Preston on last season and for the 21s as well. So mm-hmm. he's in rich vein of form, and he could he could really explode this season, you know, given the form he's shown and the way he's developing. Got a knack of scoring goals and they're priceless. So Cameron Archer. We'll stick with the striker debate then. We did a bit for our pre-season last year when we talked about how many goals would Ings and Watkins get between them. I think between us we said something between 25 and 35 goals. Didn't quite go well. If Archer does stick around and that is the three, how many goals will that trio score between them? Well, I think, I think uh, Watkins get double figures. He could probably get the same as what he got two years ago. So I'd give him 14 to 15, to be fair. Because I think we'll have a good season. I think Danny Ings... Did he get seven last season? In the league, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many games he's going to play. That's the problem. So I can give him, say, five. Cameron Archer will score a few as well. I'll give him max 25. I'll say, like, 23 goals. Between the three of them? Yeah, I think so. Is that enough? If John McGinn's chipping in, if Jack Ramsey's chipping in, I think it's enough. But if you're not back, you look back to when we're knocking on the, on the door under O'Neill again. You wouldn't. I'm not digging out Gabby for the sake of it, but you wouldn't get. If you've got Gabby and Carew, you, they probably wouldn't get more than 22 between them most seasons. And then you'd got your likes of probably Milner, yeah. Barry, Petrov, actually young. young, kind of knocking in a few around them. I think if Ings and <laughs> I've turned myself down from last summer, I think if, if Ings and Watkins as a two get 20 goals between them that's a little bit of progress obviously you'd want one of them to try and take the mantle and score 20 on their own but uh, Archer's a really interesting one for me because I know Ash is kind of putting forward as a, as a bit of a dark horse I think there's that much kind of hype around <laughs> him now that if he doesn't come on and score less than 10 you know if he, if he doesn't score 10 goals this season we'll all be disappointed Yeah, maybe a better question then is how many goals do Villa need to score as a team to, if they want to get to promote, uh, promotion what's it been the last couple of years yeah, sure. goals four I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it used to be it used to say didn't we would need 70 in the championship to get promoted so is it 70 to get Europe Leon Bailey needs to get amongst the goals um, Coutinho needs to get amongst the goals which he did when he first won yeah um, Buendia as well Three mm. goals was it last yeah, year? Yeah, needs more. Needs more goals. If you fifteen more than last season, whatever that was. Yeah, that's no. about right. Dan's busily doing the maths here. Got some, I've got some data. Seventy wasn't far away to be fair, as a guess. So for context, Tottenham got fourth and they scored sixty-nine, conceded forty. Arsenal got fifth, scoring sixty-one, conceded forty-eight. 
Man United scored 57, conceded 57. West Ham got 7th, scoring 60, conceding 51. So a goal difference of plus 9. And Leicester scored 62, conceded 59, plus 3. Um, Villa scored 52 last season, but conceded 54. So conceded 10 less, scored 10 more. 60 is the target then. Yeah, 60. That's your ballpark, isn't so it? So if you're only getting 20 from Ings and Watkins, you're asking 40 goals to come from the rest of the squad? But is Watkins going to get more than 15? If he does, that's a tremendous season. And is, if I think Danny Ings gets into double figures, that's a very good season as well for him because I don't think he's going to play enough games to get more than that. Um, and I think Arch can come off the bench and he can get three or four, five maybe, I don't know. And that's 25. Yeah, I think that's Unless right. you're the 35 coming from. Yeah, but you, I can't do the math, but yeah. <laughs> goals, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leon, like, these players have to step up. If they step yeah. up, we'll get the goals. Like, Leon, it's 10 goals, this thing, in the Bundesliga, maybe more, in his season before he joined us. Um, Buendir as well got almost a goal every the game, the championship. Yeah. Yeah, we know we can play to the level. I think that's fun. If all your outfield goals can get, you know, all your outfield players get seven goals each. You don't, you sorted it. <laughs> Not that much to ask. Is it, is it? Is it that? I mean, it doesn't sound a lot when you put it like that, does it? Um, Villa's be- best formation. And a question from James: What is your preferred lineup? So I'll run through each of you quickly. Uh, uh, just a full eleven. You don't need to give me any more than just eleven names and a formation. Who wants to go first? What you all think about it? <laughs> I'll fill for you for another few seconds. I'll let you an easy one, Martinez starts in goal for everybody, I assume. I don't think we're going to come up, I might be wrong, I don't think we're going to come up with too much different. It's going to be Martinez in goal, I think, to me, I think your back four will probably still start with Cash on the on the right, um, Dean on the left, and I, I still would go Mings and, and, um, and Carlos to start the season, despite me saying nice things about Chambers. I think your, your midfield three is going to be um, Kamara, and despite what we've said about Ramsey, but what I've, I'm going to undo everything I've said now. Ramsey and again probably competing for a place. I still start those two together for now um, with Kamara. Then it's your, it's your front three, isn't it? That 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 is your headache. Um, I still don't. It still doesn't sit right for me with Watkins and Ings being in there together. Part of me thinks: do do you go with you almost two number tens in behind your one striker? And I'd probably be inclined to try. I don't. I think I'd abandon it after the first week when it doesn't work. But <laughs> do you try with with Buendia and Coutinho in behind Ings to start with? Um, I don't know. I think it's still, you know, I think these people with ahead of him in the queue for me. Bailey's got to got to work his way back in there and make sure that if he steps off the bench for ten or fifteen minutes, he's delivering every time. If I was picking a team for Bournemouth, I think Bailey has done enough to to build himself back in there. Mm. And, and start over Brendan. I think you'd have the three that you've mentioned and then Watkins, Coutinho and Bailey as a three I think mm. I would have I like Brendan. you've got to get him in somehow but yeah. Bailey's proved it over pre-season I, so. wonder, I wonder if Brendan, and this is not the role that any footballer wants to play but when he comes off the bench he always looks lively and he always kind of rocks the opposition a little bit and they don't expect this little terrier to be running around and ratting around I kind of think he he excels in that job sometimes I think if you brought on Coutinho, I don't know if you'd have the same effect. No. And if they're not playing together, I'm okay with Buendia coming on and changing the game because you need that with five subs and, and you know and whatnot. So yeah, Buendia will want to play that role. He want to play every game. Of course, he was a record signing, but I'm not against him coming on and trying to affect the game rather than him starting and they're used to Buendia and the defenders got his number and whatnot. So yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I would start if we're playing a Bournemouth tomorrow. I'm playing Bailey. Um, Bailey Wright 
play Coutinho left because again I think Buendia can come on and affect the game more so uh, Watkins down the middle uh, playing Kamara Ramsey and McGinn but I would like to see us say that McGinn maybe pushing on a little bit maybe you can take Ramsey out and you can play Douglas Luiz or maybe a new sign in the midfield um, and I'm playing Chambers next to Diego Carlos he hasn't put foot wrong I think you need to reward him uh, Luca Dean Mike Cash right back and then Martinez in goal yeah, I agree with that team as well. Ash, is there such thing as a best eleven this season? Do we think? Uh, no, I don't the think five so. Subs thing and Given the more depth, depth. We've got now, no, I don't think there is. Mm. I think it's you want to be if you're playing well the previous week. You want to keep your shirts. Everyone's scrapping for shirts now. That's what Gerard wants. That culture, yeah. that competition for places. So, yeah, it's a healthy, healthy position to be in. Good, good got a good bench now, like you say. And yeah, going into the new season, I think there's probably three positions up for grabs. I think, I think who's going to partner Diego Carlos? I think Mings or Chambers as a shoot out there. Obviously, I'd be a bit underwhelmed by Ramsey in pre-season, but that's his shirt at the moment. I think Douglas or Santon could take that, given what I've seen. And then up front, I think it's Watkins or Rings, one, one of the two. Um, I think Gerard likes Coutinho. I think he'll be a starter for him most weeks. Yeah. Than that, I think Brendan will come on and buzz around and try and make an impact that way. And What would your three be then, Ash? My three? Yeah, up front. Um, would it be a three? Yeah, I'd probably go um, Coutinho... Ings and Bailey at the moment. I was going to ask, it's not something I prepped. I wanted to ask like your kind of a bit like a dark horse prediction for the season or something, a bit of a rogue shout, maybe or yeah. an unpopular opinion. I agree with you, Ings up front. I think Ings will score more than Watkins this yeah, season. Yeah, top scorer. Ings. You're saying about, I don't know how much he'll play. I think Ings will score more. I think if Ings starts more than Watkins, he will, but I, yeah. I can't yeah. see Watkins not starting. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I could definitely be right on it would be, I think, if you played an equal amount of games, because I yeah. think Ings is a brilliant goal scorer, and I think if you could blend Watkins and Ings together, it's a really good striker. But yeah. I'm not sure. I think Watkins will play down the middle more often than not. I think he will, but I think, like you were just saying there, Ash, about playing for shirts, if Watkins has two or three games without scoring, Ings deserves to start. Do you think he will reward him, though, Gerard, and play him? If Watkins, God, I don't know if you've got to set the precedent of I don't, Did he do that season, stuff. though? Do you think there's any prospect of him starting both? Or just a number 10 behind the two? I think we'll see it at some point. Yeah. I think he will away from home against the top team. I think to be fair, it worked. Like Leeds, we bad Leeds three 0 Saints at home four 0 But I think it was nice and compact, like against Man City. Um, Man City you know, we, we play well, and it has its pros, but it has its cons as well. I think more often than not, Gerald wants to play that three up front, four three three system there. There's a question from Mark Thornton. Is that name ring a bell? He was from Australia. He sent it to me from no. from Australia. Um, he says there's been a lot of talk that Gerald doesn't like to play with traditional wingers. Is that because we didn't have a recognised winger before? Assuming Bailey can stay fit and his pre-season performances continue, do we think we'll see a change in tactics to accommodate Bailey's style of play? There's been two systems he keeps on playing, the 4-3-3 and the 4-3-1-2, so it's either of them. So he's open to playing wingers, I'm assuming Bailey. I thought Bailey struck up with a really good partnership with Cash down that right yeah. side a couple of times, and obviously Kester Hayden against Man U as well, so... So yeah, he's open to playing them. I mean, he's played it throughout the pre-season. He keeps slipping between the two systems, so we'll see. I think he's happy to play with the three, with one winger anyway, with one traditional winger, yeah. and yeah. let his man on the other side yeah. drift in anyway, and let the that the roving wing back fill that space really. So I don't think you know. Sometimes we think that you need perfect balance with somebody hugging the touchline on the left, somebody hugging the touchline on the right. I don't think. I think he's. I think he's more flexible that. that if Bailey is the man that he thinks he's hitting the season, running with in the best form, I think he'll he'll, he'll accommodate his system to, to get him in there. Yeah. A question from Hakes. He says, how many points do we have after the first five games? Bournemouth, Everton, Palace, West Ham and Arsenal. So I think that's a pretty good start to the season, personally. 
15 points well, available. You want to take three points out of Bournemouth and then, sorry, six points out of Bournemouth and Everton. Um, Seven, I reckon, because it always do worse than we, we think. Yeah. <laughs> two wins, a draw, two defeats. Yeah. That's standard Villa, Three wins out of five would be enough. <laughs> I, think, I think three wins is certainly possible. It depends on what West Ham and Arsenal are West Ham like will be tough at home and Arsenal. Yeah. We'll go with uh, the little prediction section then, top goal scorer, player of the year, all that kind of stuff, how we always round out these podcasts. Um, I think we've probably all kind of touched on top goal scorer, but just so we've got it on record, everyone's got their names ready. Start with you at the end, Matt. Top goal scorer? Ings. With 12. 12. I'm being a lot top, more. If Villa's top goal scorer will get 12 goals. Yeah, but all the, the rest of them will get 11. Okay. Ash Ings 15 Okay I'm surprised everyone's going Ings I, I think Just Watkins Because I think you'll play more games than Ings And if someone's better in Watkins Who I think will probably get like 12 Then that's a really good season So I'd say Watkins I've gone with Ings as well I'm going to go 16 Just to go one up on yours Ash And Pat sent me his answers to these as well Because obviously Pat's on every week Or most weeks He said Watkins So It's a bit of difference between the, the, the five of us there Yeah um, top assists we didn't do assists last year but you know, it's a stat that we all look at every single week so we might as well go for it where are the assists going to come from who's our playmaker mm. I mean, Coutinho jumps out uh, might be a shout for Luca Dean but that depends how how well he plays and how he gets the balls in the box I'll, yeah Coutinho I've got McGinn 8 <laughs> that feels rogue <laughs> <laughs> Matt what he said <laughs> Coutinho 10 uh, me and Pat went for the same Luca Dean yeah yep. you can see that all, of, all balls coming down the left hand side yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have any numbers I don't know what a good number is amount for it. Is it for assist 10 maybe player of the year this is quite a big one I think we've got young player of the year as well so we'll do them at the yep. same time so I don't, know, I don't know who classes as young player now can Ramsey still win it yeah. or Archer maybe if he sticks around and gets 10 goals yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I'll say Archer is a young player because if he comes off the bench, we're probably needing a goal and I back him to get a goal when he comes off the bench more times than that. So, mm. And if he's getting goals, it's winning us points. That's his young player this season. I would say Kessler Hayden, but I'm more intrigued to see what, what role he has. That's why yeah. I'm more interested by him. But player of the season, um, could be a few. I'll say Kamara because, again, if we're having a good season, I think he's so important. And it, I think you'll see a massive difference between having a you know, proper holding midfielder what Gerard wants to what we've seen previously and Louise maybe not you know, an out and out holding midfielder um, so Kamara and Cameron Archer exactly what Pat said Ash um, I'll go Luca Dean maybe good show for left back having uh, I mean, a strong season I thought he was really consistent last season when we brought him in um, Cash last year wasn't it player of the year Cash was player of the year so maybe the, the, the other four but this time Really like Luca Dean. I think he brings a lot to, to Villa going forward and going back as well. Seven out of ten every week on my player ratings, if not more. So he, he could be a, a decent shout for player of the season. And uh, Kamara's the one for me, obviously. That's the obvious one that sticks out. Mm. Just given the, the, the profile he's had and what Gerard said about him and the, the level of interest that was there. So he'll be huge as well. So. Kamara could probably get the young player as well if he's 22, under 23. Yeah. Yeah. He's only 22. So. A bit of cop out, but yeah. Actually, that's a good get out for me because I'm struggling <laughs> for. Um, I don't want to put the. I don't want to curse him too much because mm. there was a lot of expect a lot expected on him so we'll give him we'll give him young player um, <laughs> that is a cop out he's now yeah. a 22 year old as young player I really don't know who's going to play I'll give him Martinez because I don't know who's going to play every mm. week I think Diego Carlos is my kind of road pick to come in and short the defence loads of clean sheets hopefully he'll be the one that starts every, every week yeah. among, alongside someone else big crunching tackles and stuff want. yeah fan favourite I think uh, incoming there yeah um, Villa's finishing position now last year Matt you said ninth, Ash you said 7th 
James Rushton said eighth, and I said eighth, and obviously we finished fourteenth. So where did Villa finish in the 2022-23 season? Start with you, John. I had him down in seventh last year as well. Did you? Yeah. Um, I think we'll be in the mix for top seven. But then I think, like to West Ham, I think Newcastle are really solid. I like Wolves as well. I don't like Wolves. I think the Wolves are solid. I mean. uh, <laughs> and others, you've got Leicester as well. I'll give us 10. I don't, you know what? I don't think Leicester will be that good this season. Yeah. No, the football. They'll probably yeah. lose Telemans, but they've still got. And Schmeichel potentially. They've not no, signed I, anyone I yet. Schmeichel. I think Barnes, Vardy. Man, he's on four. They've yeah. got Fafana back at centre half. I fancy them for some reason. They finished out for last season. Had a bad season. I, I think they'll be alright. Um, yeah, 11 points off seventh last year. We'll close that gap this year. I think we'll be in contention for it, but we might just fall away a little bit. Depends on consistency. We can get seventh, but we, I think between seventh and 11th, so I'll give us 10th. Okay. Ash. Yeah, one ahead of ninth, eighth, ninth in that. In that, in that, that should be the aim, really. Try and stay there. Um, try and win a cup as well. I say it'd be. Yeah, I was going to ask you about cups. Two good cup runs. Yeah, yeah I'll take either Carabao cups. I quite like that cup. Good chance to win something. I'll take any cup. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, good cup run and a, a solid top ten finish. Decent. That's a great season. Could you kind of level it out and go? Say you can go off seventh and you're out in the first round of both cups, or tenth and you get to a cup semi final, which is a better season. It depends if you win it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? All I'd, depends. I'd take fifteenth and win a cup. Yeah, to win one. Really? Yeah. I would as well. Get, get you get York, don't you? By winning the cup. Yeah, mm-hmm. good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Win a cup. Um, that would be a lot easier than if, finish seventh. If, if, if you offer me right now seventh, but you finish. Uh, sorry, you get knocked out in the first round of each cup. I'd take that as well, just because I think European football is very important for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but no, a cup. Yeah. I know it's fluctuated. What do you need to finish in the league to get into Europe? Seventh. Seventh for Europa Europe Conference League. Eighth, then we'll finish. By a point on goal defence. Pat said ninth, and I agree. Ninth as well. Uh, cup runs. How do we think they'll go? Do you think we'll go all the way? Yep. Depending on the draw. Last season we got. We got stitched up, didn't we? Chelsea, Man U, innit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man United third round exit again, Matt. I think he'll take him well seriously as managers do nowadays. I think he'll try and hedge his bets because he'll want to get into Europe. Okay. I think we'll win the FA Cup this year. Do you actually? Honestly, yeah. I'd be pushing with that. If we win Obviously. the FA Cup, I'll shave my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, would, would you take that then? You think we're going to win the FA Cup? If we finish fourteenth again and win the FA Cup. You take that? Yeah, but I'm you know I'd get relegated and win the FA Cup. Nah. Come off it. What? Back in the championship again? Yeah, because we won the FA Cup. Nah, not having that. No one will agree with that. Gerard, oh, I don't okay. care. Do you two agree <laughs> with that? <laughs> no. Back in the championship <laughs> again? Well, Ger- Gerard's desperate to win a cup, I reckon, with Villa. He... Yeah, but I'd bet he'd rather stay in the Premier League. <laughs> I bet he's always yeah, yeah. rather stay in the Premier League with all the money. If we go, you wouldn't be in the FA Cup final, would we? If we get relegated, he'd be sacked by them. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm oh, not saying that's what I want to no, happen. No, I know that, but you're saying you would take that. <laughs> yeah, I would. Oh, you're mental. All these players we've got now wouldn't stick around in the championship. We'd be financially ruined if we got relegated. Yeah, they'd have won, won the FA Cup, though, wouldn't they? We'd be financially ruined, will we? Oh, I can't believe you just said that. That's the worst shout you've ever had on this podcast. That's, that's got some competition, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Final question. question that we end these previews with every single time. What would be your definition of success for Aston Villa next season? Uh, just an enjoyable one, really. Going down the villa, enjoying it, enjoying the style of play. <laughs> you said exactly that. I said it last year, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so, I will say it next year as well. Yeah, FA Cup win as well. Would be nice, like I say. Um, and knocking on the door and beating the big sides. Yeah. We lost, lost 10 out of 10 against the top five last season. That can't happen again. So upsetting the, the bigger dogs and and uh, an old shiny FA Cup at the end of it. 
a perfect season, we'd be getting seventh or winning a cup. So, both. Yeah, uh, a standard season for me would be getting, or a good enough season would just be getting top half. We haven't done that in over ten years. It's about time we sort of broke that. Um, tenth and above, can we knock on the door? I'm happy if we uh, challenge. You know, if we don't get seventh, it's not the end of the world. We'll go again the year after. Matt, last year you said Dean Smith still being in charge. The success, <laughs> just Gerard still being manager at the end of the season. No, I want a bit more this time. I think um, probably a big ask this. I'd love to win 12 of the 19 home games. Three or four songs added to the, the Villa Park playbook um, and the atmosphere being... I mean, I'm probably a bit of a... You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a home fan. I tr- very rarely travel away, so I just want it to be nice. <laughs> just so for me <laughs> when, I, when, I'm, when I'm at the, the home games. Um, yeah, listen, we say it every year. We'd love a cup. We'd love European football. Um, I think it might be too big an ask to get either of those things this year. But if we can get Villa Park bouncing regularly um, with good goal-scoring football and lots of noise and chance, then that'll do me, I think, this time. Yeah, thank you very much for watching our big Claret and Blue season season preview. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Neil Dill. Oh, I wasn't going to include it because I thought we'd have a serious football chat. That's the only thing I've prepped for. <laughs> we had a question from AVFC Faithful saying, what's your go-to meal deal? And I thought, I won't include it because we've had a serious football chat. But Matt, I know you wanted to answer it. So what's your go-to? It is lunchtime, to be fair. What's yep. your go-to meal deal? I can feel my stomach actually eating itself. <laughs> right. yes, I've gone for a different kind of meal deal now because I live just round down the road from a co-op. I have like these um, kind of bolty wraps now. Oh, yeah. Which are quite nice. Mm. So it'd be like a chicken tikka wrap or something like oh, that. Are you laughing, John? <laughs> and then. <laughs> and then. Big hula hoops. Yeah, what flavour? Um, um, barbecue beef. Yeah, big barbecue beef. Hula hoops. I'd been missing that. What oh. drink would I have? Oh, I don't know, I'd probably be feeling guilty after that, so I'd probably just have like a Volvic or something. Mm. I love how much prep you put into that, by the way, <laughs> more so than the rest of the podcast. Uh, Ask Mill Deal quickly. Um, all day breakfast sandwich because you get three. Three yeah, halves. Good. good uh, three halves, I love this. Game of three halves, isn't it? Please get more bang for your buck. Paprika, Max. Yes. Nice. Oh, yeah. nice choice, actually. And then Robina. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Robina. Not a fan. Uh, John, you've been giggling all the way through that. He's just had a serious football chat, bless him, on his first podcast, and now we've gone to this drivel. Uh, paprika, Max, for sure. Uh, that's the go to for the snack. I usually go for any of the pastas from Tesco. Oh. I think it's gone up now, actually. Any of the, any of the Ooh, pastas. Oh, very continental. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then drink probably just the water. That's fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I do like the all-day breakfast, but I'm trying to think of the white a little bit. So you know, what I like that's, that's, a, that's a bit of a rogue shout. Salmon and cucumber on brown bread. Stinky. It does stink, but I'll, it reminds me of my nan. She used to make salmon <laughs> cucumber sandwiches when I was a kid. So it's a nice start to throw It stinks, but it reminds me of my nan. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, McCoy's ridged cheese and onion. So the breath uh, is gone at this point. Many, many um, I like the iced tea, Lipton's mm. peach flavored, very sugary, but yeah, yeah. It's a random combo that is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There we go, that is our big season <laughs> preview. I don't know why we included that, to be honest. I think we probably should have oh, ended it. Oh, it's the best it. bit, to be honest. <laughs> ended, should have started with that. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for watching. I'm going to leave the player of the year and the league table predictions bit in the comments. So if you want to go and fill that out, you can, and we'll kind of reflect on fans' predictions at the end of next season. Um, I look forward to clipping out our bits, saying that Danny Ings is going to score 20 goals, whatever, making ourselves look 47 goals put for Cameron Archer, didn't we? Well, I maybe, think, we'll, maybe we'll look good next year. And I think we've been a little bit more... Stu- we've still been quite cautious. ambitious with the league p- finishes, yeah. I think. Nobody's saying we're going to finish less than 10th 
really. So we've still mm. been quite ambitious, but I think we've been a little bit more. We've learned some way, a little bit year, more yeah. measured. Yeah. yeah, maybe we so. can look back with fondness next summer. So we'll, we'll see how things go. Thank you very much for watching. Thanks, gents, for joining me as always. Um, it's off to France for you, Ash, on Saturday, and then it's all down to Bournemouth next weekend. So we'll be covering previews and post matches and and stuff like that. Interviews, by the way. Sort yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll get some of those. Get the, get the contact out. book out. Yeah. yeah, get the black book out. Keep promising this, don't I? Yeah, I'm just getting it on record now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for watching the Claret Blue podcast. We'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.